Hello and welcome to another episode of the How To CEO Show. This is Series 2. Welcome. I'm your host, Murray Newlands. In this show, we're going to be looking at coronavirus and what does this mean for Silicon Valley? Is this the end of Silicon Valley? So welcome back to Series 2. Um, I've taken a few months off. I have a little uh, kid, a three-year-old, and I've been focusing on her and uh, teaching her to read. And um, now she's happily reading small little books. We've had a great time together. She's still learning lots. I'm still looking after her uh, much of the day, uh, but I'm going to be restarting the series and say this is uh, series two of the How to CEO podcast. When you decided to become a CEO, the world changed. You can either crash and burn or you can build an amazing company. We live in interesting times, as they say. The coronavirus has forced many closures and I am talking to you on the year 2020 in uh, towards the end of May. I've been reading lots of articles recently about the fact that we're now going to an environment in Silicon Valley where people will be working from anywhere. Tech companies will be remote. Twitter has in fact recently said that all employees can work from home indefinitely. Google are saying that well, most people won't have to come back this year. Facebook are even saying most people won't have to come back this year. What will that mean? I mean, reading articles saying that thousands are leaving San Francisco because it's too expensive and they don't want to live there anymore. So what should, what's my take on this? And why do I think CEOs should have a take on this? My thoughts are that there is an increasing trend towards using remote workers. Uh, tech companies, uh, previously, a lot of the value was in having this amazing pool of talent, in bringing this amazing pool, tool of, pool of talent together. And when you were selling the company, a lot of the value was, hey, when you buy the company, you buy the assets, you buy the revenue, and you buy this amazing pool of company, of workers who work locally, who will move into your office and they will continue to deliver this product. So that's been a lot of the value of startups. And also investors have wanted to see founders who would want to meet in person. Those investors want to meet them say once a month, once every couple of months in person. They don't want to travel around the world. They wanted to get to know them personally. And when things go wrong, they need to go to speak to them one-on-one. -on -one. And so they found us that had to be uh, close by, and so their staffs and team had to be close by. What's been happening over the last few years, though, is that increasingly billion-dollar companies have been built with fully remote teams. Billion-dollar companies have been built with teams which are partly local and partly remote. And I think that while this remote company trend was growing, the virus has shown that so many of us can work productively at home. So much can be delivered, so much can be built. So value can be created from people working at home or anywhere that it's possible to run a, an amazing tech company with people from around the world. But I wouldn't read too much of those headlines. I still think that having a core team or working together closely in a centralized location. It's going to be really important for a lot of startups. There's a lot of value in the general uh, networking that those individuals do between desks at lunchtime, etc. 
the chance that can only happen when they're together in a small group. Also, it's really hard to get people to work um, so closely together when they're separated. Another element is that one of the things that you get with tech hubs, such as Silicon Valley, is not just the, the workers internally, but all of the networking, which you get around uh, the fact that you get so many individuals in one place working on one type of product or different types of uh, problem. And they can, that, that cross exchange of knowledge, of ideas, the competitiveness, the, hey, I was in this company, it was successful, I'm now leaving and going to start my own. All of that is a massive advantage that those tech hubs will still have. So I believe what will happen is that those tech hubs, such as Silicon Valley, will continue to uh, be successful. I think that previously they were, increasingly will in the future, and this is only uh, increasing exponentially, they will choose to also use more and more resources outside Silicon Valley. But I think in the sense that, for example, look at um, global um, uh, US companies, they have their core technology, they have their core people in the US, and often they outsource a lot of other production around the world. I think what will happen is that uh, companies will still have that core team in Silicon Valley, they'll just have more resources around the world added to that team, building out additional functionality. What I think that will mean actually is that there'll be an even more increased centralization of value creation. The value creation, the ownership of the company will still happen in Silicon Valley and other tech hubs. It's just that there'll be more resources used, utilized from around the world, but that value creation will probably stay within uh, those tech hubs. So in fact, those tech hubs such as Silicon Valley will be more valuable. There may however be other consequences uh, to companies being able to go remote. So for example, Twitter, which said that uh, its employees could now work indefinitely from home, has a large um, office building in downtown San Francisco. Uh, and that was obviously very expensive. Um, it also placed them in downtown San Francisco, which meant that they were subject to a uh, city tax, which they were very unhappy about. And what I do think this uh, new approach of having more remote workers might enable companies to do is be more flexible as to where the headquarters are. They might say, hey, well, if there's only, we can have that 1,000 workers working from home, but if we only have one or 200 people actually have to come into the uh, the main office. Well, that main office could be in a different location. It could be outside of San Francisco downtown, for example. They could move it to uh, further down the peninsula and avoid that city tax. They could easily move it to Austin, for example, in Texas, and have different state taxes. And so also that might enable those companies to move around among tech hubs and shop for what are the best deals. So I think that because also moving, you know, common I could Twitter could easily move 200 people from one location to another. So I think it's going to lead to a lot more flexibility um, with those big companies being able to move and decide where exactly they want to be as they grow. The real thing, though, is that one of the other huge advantages of having a company in Silicon Valley is 
who are the buyers? Where is exit going to be? And how do you get to know your buyers well if you want to have an exit? Most companies, let's face it, do not IPO. Most companies get bought. If you want to be bought by one of those large tech companies, it is much, you are generally much better off to be in one of the tech hubs such as Silicon Valley so that you can get to know your potential acquirers, know what they want, get to know the people in the teams who are likely to be buying you, be seen by them, network with them, and be bought by them. So from an exit perspective, it's generally still better to be in a tech hub such as Silicon Valley. I'm Murray Newlands, and you're listening to season two of the How To CEO podcast. Thank you for subscribing, and I'll see you next time.